0: This morning, I want us to, uh, we're going to talk, actually, Kevin's lesson uh, Sunday night kind of got me thinking about this as I was listening to some of the things that that he said and uh, uh, got to taking some notes and thinking about that, uh, especially when it comes to the non-understanding. Uh, I want us to look at a, a particular text uh, today as we, we study this and think about that process, and once that understanding comes, um, the difference that that makes. Uh, it, it's like this, uh, back in the days of, this picture the, the gold rush. Uh, you know, there were uh, three individuals, three men, they were, you know, gathered together and they, they were looking for gold and they'd actually found some. But they didn't know exactly what to do, so what they did, decided to do was, they were gonna to go to town, they were gonna make their claim, but they weren't gonna tell anybody. They were gonna make sure they, they didn't wanna lose it, they didn't want to uh, uh, you know, draw any attention to their sale because they are afraid what that was gonna be like. So they decided just not to tell anyone. So they went to town, they, they made their claim, but on the way back, most everybody in town followed them, went to the same place they did. But they didn't tell anybody. But the reason that people followed them was they had a different look about them uh people could tell something was different about them they looked excited they looked like you know just uh they just looked different so people wanted to know what it was so they followed them well uh it it came down to the expression on their face something had changed and and when when we think about this understanding that we get of serving god um That should change us, shouldn't it? We should be different. People should notice it. There should be something about us. And the text that we're going to talk about today is, uh, I I think it's a, you probably heard a thousand lessons on it, Um, but it's about the day of Pentecost. But not just about the day of Pentecost, it's about Peter specifically when it comes to the day of Pentecost and the message that he presented and how he presented that message and why he presented that message and his, maybe his demeanor and his thought process in doing that um, and how it not only affected him of what he believed and what he was following, but how it affected those that hurt him. Some, you know, a uh, thousand people obeyed because of that. You know, this was a great, great day because uh, were there any members of the church before this sermon? That's a yes or no question. If anybody wants to say yes or no to it, were they members of the church before he preached this sermon? What was the purpose of this sermon? This is Bible class. You talk. It's not a lesson, you know, as far as sermon. I mean, what's that? Yeah, you, you think about what he preached. You think about the significance of this lesson. Now, we can say, yeah, they were followers of God because of the Old Testament. That, you know, this was that break in between. it. This was this, this message that, that ushered in the church. And because of this message, lives were changed. And it was changed because, as uh, Peter and the other apostles, but specifically Peter, the message that he presented and how he presented it and why he presented it is what made the difference. And you think about this, this understanding that he had then. Because it was different before then. It was different before this time had come. This is the first point that, uh, I think the first time where Peter didn't just uh, share or present a message about Jesus, he shared a message about his Savior, that this was something different because of what he had seen, what had took place. His understanding at this time was different. And there was a, a great result because of it. Let's think about it. Uh, from the moment in which Peter had met Jesus, his life was never the same, was it? But you think about those first moments, that, that, that first time, and you think about the different things that transpired throughout that. Um, you, you take Peter, and, and along with James and John, they were part of the, the inner circle of Jesus, wouldn't they? The other apostles were with him, but when it comes to Peter, James, and John, it, it was different. They were with him at different intimate moments. They, um, I, I don't know if the inner circle is what you would call it, but... They were, they were present during some very uh, pivotal times. And you think about all the things that, that took place. You think about the uh, things that they saw. You, you take Peter, for example. Peter, you remember Peter when they saw Jesus out on the water? Who was it that had enough courage to jump out of the boat? It was Peter. You, you think about him having courage, and you think about what he saw. You think about what he was around. And and you see at this moment, he had enough courage to step out of the boat. Um, When Jesus asked uh, his disciples, who do you think that I am? You know, he was going through and they were telling uh, different people, thought that he was different things. But who was it that said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God? Who was it that said that? It was Peter. You know, you you think about what uh, Peter said. Saul, you think about what he experienced, you think about what he was around, you think about the courage that he had, you think about the things that he said. On that confession, Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. On that confession that he made, that that great confession, you know, Peter got the keys of the kingdom, didn't he? So you, you think about the things that went on, but yet was that at that time, was that understanding truly of who Jesus was, was it truly there for Peter? You know, you, you think about that, you, and, I, and we kind of put this in our own lives as Christians, and we think about, um, okay, we, we learn about Jesus, we talk about Jesus, we, we, we try to share Jesus with others and, and do different and live by the way that he wants us to live, but truly, what is Jesus to us? Is it, is it the same as he was to Peter at this point? Or was it the same that Jesus was to Peter at the point of Pentecost? Because I think that was two different things. I think Jesus became something different to him at that point. Now here, he, he was something great. Peter was following him. Matter of fact, Peter even said that I'll die for you, didn't he? You know, he, he meant something to Peter. But did he mean the right thing to Peter? Did he have that full understanding of of who Jesus was. So, you know, as you start putting this together, matter of fact, you remember when Jesus was was preaching a lesson there in John chapter 6 after he'd fed all the people and they followed him over and he started talking about his body and his blood and he started talking about these things and it offended the people and and the people turned and walked with him no more, John 6 and 66. Then he turned to his disciples and he said, Are you going to go away too? Who was it that said, "Who are we gonna to go to? You're the ones that ha- you're the one that has the words of eternal life." That was Peter. So Peter was a follower. Peter was someone who cared about Jesus. Peter was someone who was willing to give his life for Jesus. But did Jesus mean to Peter at those moments what he should have? Well, let's think about it. It wasn't long after that remember, when Jesus was arrested that as Peter followed him into the city and he's there by the campfire, maybe he's going to wait for a, that perfect moment to, to free Jesus. You know, uh, maybe he's just going to wait and think, well, I, I'm, I'm the one that needs to defend him. Because Peter was kind of the, the, the roughneck. Peter was the hothead. Peter was the one that would be willing to, to do what he needed to do. Matter of fact, he's the one that drew his sword in the garden there when they come to arrest him. So Peter, if Jesus is going to be freed, Peter is going to be the one to do it. it. You know, you think about all the things that Jesus told them up to this point about his death. As a matter of fact, Peter didn't want to believe it, did he? And Jesus had to rebuke him because of it Uh, when he talked about his death. and, And Peter said, no, no, not you. You, you, you. This can't happen to you. We're not going to let this happen to you. I'm going to keep you from going to Jerusalem. You're not going to go there. And and Jesus had to tell him, get behind me, Satan. You you don't know what you're talking about. So we see different things throughout Peter's life at this point while he's with Jesus. He has a belief in Jesus. He he loves Jesus. He's listening to Jesus. But he still doesn't have that full understanding of truly who Jesus is. And we're starting to see that as he, he goes into the city and he's there by the campfire and they recognize him. No, I don't know who he is. Then he, they ask him again, and he begins to cuss. I, I don't know who he is. Yeah, yeah, aren't you the Galilean? Aren't you No, I'm, I'm not him. And then he realized what Jesus told him there in Luke 22 Satan's asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. And when you return to me, you strengthen the brethren. Peter, remember, Peter's remembering this now. No, I'll never deny you. I'll go to prison. I'll die for you. But yet he's doing the very thing that Jesus said he's going to do. Now, if he truly believed at this point that Jesus, that understanding, now he believed he was the son of God, but did he have a full understanding of why Jesus was there and what Jesus was going to do? I don't think he did, or he wouldn't have been denying him at this point. He still doesn't truly understand the full effect of everything that Jesus is trying to tell him. He still doesn't see, and Jesus tried to tell him um, many times with of all the things that um, all the things that he was going to do, and it wasn't just about you know they were thinking, I guess, about. Uh, this Messiah coming, he's going, going to take up his reign here, he's going to destroy the Roman uh, Empire, they're going to take their rightful place you know, to the Romans. He's, it, it's going to be this physical battle. That, that's in his mind, and he was ready for it. He, it. Now that's right up his alley. He was ready for something like that. I don't know if Peter was ready with what was truly was going to go on. He, he's still struggling with that. So again, we see him denying. Then we see after that, After he denied him, uh, what did he do? Most scholars think that Peter just said, Well, I failed at this. I'm no good at this. I'm going back fishing. So he went back to the thing that he knew. He he went... back with what was easiest to him, what came naturally to him. He thought, well, at least I can do that. So he goes back and does that, but now we find Jesus at another campfire. And then what happens? We know the story. He, he goes with Peter. He talks with Peter. He asked him over and over and over again, three times, do you love me, do you love me, do you love me? So we see this, this process of, of Jesus uh, reconciling Peter to him. Then you have his... his, uh, Then, I believe at that point, Peter starts seeing Jesus in a different light. This is after his resurrection. He's starting to realize now it's different than what he thought. It's not just Jesus, the one that's going to come down and conquer physically everything. It's about something more than that. So I believe at that point, that's when Peter starts seeing Jesus not as just... Jesus the man, not as just Jesus the conqueror, but as Jesus the Savior. I think that's when it changes for Peter. And see, I think at some point that has to happen to us, doesn't it? You know, we, we see a lot of things, we read a lot of things, we, we, we study and we come to church and, and we, we talk. It's got to be about Jesus, and it does. But it's got to be about Jesus the right way, doesn't it? It, it, it's got to happen in a way that we have to have, maybe it's that aha moment. I, I don't know exactly when that is. Something has to happen in our life. It, it should happen at birth as a Christian. You know, it, it should happen as we come up out of that water and we decide I'm living for Jesus, but are we living for the Jesus that the Bible talks about, not the one that we think he is? Because it's something totally different. You know, we've got to have that moment, and I think that's what we're, we're going to see here on, um, on Pentecost, I, I think Jesus, uh, Peter is having that moment. It, it's, like a, it's like a farmer. You take a farmer, he, he's, he's thinking about, he's talking about, I'm going to plant my corn over here, I'm going to plant my weed over here, I'm going to plant something else over here, and he talks about planting, he's talking about planting. Is he truly a farmer yet? When do you become a farmer? When you start putting it in the ground you start planting it you start tending to it you start working it that's when you become a farmer i, I, I think this is the point of of where peter becomes that farmer <laughs> you know he, he he's heard about it he's talked about it he's thought about it all of these things are going on and now it comes a time to where it really matters now it comes a time to do um, what he's supposed to do now That's Peter. His his message is for a a lost people. And and that's what I want us to get across this morning as we get into this text is we we can be like Peter. You know, we, we can present that message like Peter did with that same enthusiasm because it's the same Jesus that we serve. But we have to come to that point to where we realize truly who that Jesus is. And we have to present that message in that way to where, as those those ones with the gold, that people can truly see it. They, they can truly see that difference. They can truly see that there's we we have found we found gold. And they want to know about it. They want to come see about it. They want to be part of that. And I think that's the point in which Jesus or which Peter is at here. Look in Acts chapter two. In Acts chapter 2, let's, let's read a few verses here of, of what Peter said. He said, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus is Nazareth, Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst. As you yourself also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God... You have taken by lawless hands, have crucified, have put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. So, you see here, think about this crowd that, that, that Peter is preaching to. Peter is preaching to a crowd that has, has seen Jesus. They've they seen what they've done to him. They've they seen them beat him. They've seen him mock him. They've seen him uh, uh, whip him and scourge him with the whips and the metal and the bones. They've seen his flesh tear. They've seen him hung on the cross. They, they may have been the very ones in the crowd that yelled out, Crucify! And now Peter is preaching to these individuals, and he preaches in a way that cuts them to their hearts. Now, the Bible talks about two different instances where individuals were cut to their heart. Now, individuals that uh, Stephen was preaching to and and talking to, the things that he said, those individuals were cut to their heart, but what did they do? They they gnashed their teeth. They were so mad, they ran and killed him. They stoned him. Now, these individuals that Peter is preaching to, they were cut to their heart, but they obeyed. What, What was different about it? Does that mean that Stephen, he didn't know enough to, know all he knew was just enough to make him mad. So what what was it different about Peter? Well, I think, because Peter could make some people mad, couldn't he? I mean, Peter could upset some people real quick. What's that? Yeah, including Jesus. I mean, Jesus had to rebuke him. So it's not that Peter didn't have the ability to do that. But you think about his message and how he presented that message and what it was about that message and this crowd that he presented to. He said some pretty strong words to them. You crucified him. He he put it right down on their laps to where they cried out, men and brethren, what shall we do? How are we going to get this off of us? How are we going to get cleansed from this? It's about how he presented that message. Now, again... As we notice this, I want us to look at a few things as we, uh, as we think about this. Peter, uh, Peter quoted some scripture while he was preaching. Uh, Peter had some things, there were some things that went on. And, and, and we may, uh, I mean, think about this. Peter, as he was preaching this, as he was talking about the prophet Joel, and as he was preaching this whole message... This isn't the first time that Peter, I think, had thought about prophecies. This isn't the first time that he had heard about them and even spoke about them himself. But I think this might have been the first time that he understood about those prophecies. I think they actually meant something to him now. I think the things that he was saying here actually registered with him now. Now you think about, you know, we start looking at... uh, what, what Peter said, and we, we look at this event and we think, well, you know, Peter's pretty cool, but you, you look at all the things that went on. Uh, Peter quoted scripture, I can't do that. He had, you know, you, you think of all the things that surrounded him, all the miracles that surrounded him that day, I can't do that. So there's no way I can present a message to someone or talk to someone about Jesus the way that Peter did because I'm not Peter. Well, let's, let's think about that for a moment. Yes, they, the, when, the, uh, uh, when the group was there in the upper room, yeah, they heard the, the sound of the rushing wind. They had the tongues like fire. Uh, they spoke, and uh, you know, the people heard in their different languages, so I think they were different places uh, at the temple, and, and each group that, that were there probably heard or at different areas. I don't know that they were all together at, at, at one place here just standing shoulder to shoulder speaking to them because one person could have done that, and everybody heard in their own language. So I think they were kind of scattered out at different places. I don't know, but, you know, they, all this was going on, these miracles were going on, but then I, you see all that quietened down, and then Peter stands up, and he, he's teaching this message. I think what Peter did there, we can do. Now, the other things, what was the purpose of that? What's the purpose of a miracle? What's the purpose? It wasn't to alleviate pain and suffering. That wasn't the purpose of it. It wasn't just so these individuals could see see something. What's the purpose of it? It proved that Jesus indeed was the Son of God. It was not, these we were not it was magicians or such like. This. Mm-hmm. No one else could do what he did. This this validated who he was, even in the. Yeah. history at this point. You saw it with your own eyes, because I saw you there. So, so he's, he's speaking in full authority, but his words in this passage, you know, determine purpose and foreknowledge of God. He's, he's speaking in confidence now. Yeah, and there's a reason, I think there's a reason he's speaking in confidence. You, you think about all, and I'm not d- diminishing all the... The tongues like fire, the rushing wind, the, the understanding of their own language. There's a purpose for all that. The purpose was, uh, what a miracles for, is to confirm God's Word. That something had to get their attention. Something had to show them there's something different about what these gentlemen are saying. And as Peter started his, his lesson, they're not drunk. It's only the third hour of the day, so you, you think they're up here drunk or something. That, that's not what this is about. You, you see all this that's taking place. All that was to get their attention, to, to, to focus on what's going to be said. Because this is an important event. Every time Jesus did a miracle, or every time the apostles did a miracle as Jesus sent them out, it was to bring to, I believe, to this point, to get them to understand what's being said is true. Now, you take all that other aside, You you, you take the the tongues quieting down. You take the wind right in. you, You take all of that out of. That was to get their attention. That was to confirm God's word. And you start listening now to Peter's message. This, what Peter's saying, I think, means something different to him now than it did before. Because until Jesus was resurrected, I think the things that Peter is going to say here didn't mean anything to him that much until Jesus was actually resurrected. Yeah well. Oh yeah, I, I mean, think about it. And what really gets me about this situation that I guess I didn't think about too much until Kevin's lesson Sunday night. It sounds bad that I didn't think of it that much. It, it just started dawning on me, you know, how the disciples how they viewed Jesus and how they seen Jesus, just like Kevin talked about. And in, in, uh, was it Mark eight? I believe it's Mark eight. You know, where uh, he's healing the blind man, and first he only sees, like, visions of men like trees, you know, kind of, of course Jesus doesn't heal that way. There's a purpose for that. It, it was for his disciples, because just previous to that, they didn't understand about, they still want to know where they're going to get food at. Well, they're with Jesus. Where do you think you're going to get food from? You know, they didn't understand about the leaven. They, there's a lot of things that they didn't understand. Even what Peter is saying here, previously to his resurrection, that didn't mean much to him. I mean, he followed it as they should. You know, he went along with it as he should. He recognized Jesus as the Christ. He even confessed he was. But what did that truly mean to him? You know, what did it truly? He failed Jesus. He denied denied him. Jesus uh, died on the cross. Peter went fishing. I mean that that's what he did was going fishing. He went back to fish. Okay, life's gonna go back like it was now. We had a good run for three years. I dropped the ball. I failed him. I'm a miserable, miserable failure. He died. I couldn't protect him. I'm going back fishing. Then he sees Jesus on the seashore. Jesus has a conversation with him. You know, you start, now these pieces are starting to come together for Peter, and it's like this aha moment. Now this makes sense. Now, I not only believe he's the Christ, I understand what being the Christ means. And that's what he's presenting. And that's what I want to kind of get across is, I I think we're a lot in that same boat. You know, we we have an understanding, but what kind of understanding do we have? Jesus has been resurrected. We've been resurrected. You know, we're, we're walking in new life through the new creature that we become. Does it mean something to us? We, again, we can look at Peter and say, well, I didn't, you know, I, I wouldn't feel with the Holy Spirit like he was. I didn't present this. I can't do that and just utter, you know, God told him what to say. God tells us what to say. Right here it is. There's no need for those tongues like fire. There's no need for that wind. There's no need for that miracle because that which is perfect has come. Those things are done away with. So we have the same thing Peter had, the Word of God. But what does it mean to us? Does these verses mean anything different? We could quote verses, but do they really mean anything to us? You know, do do they really resonate with us? Do you have something else, Jeff? You, I mean, you think about it and you think, well, if I was there, if I could just been there like the apostles did, this, this would be a lot easier. I don't know that it wouldn't have been more difficult. You know, here they are. They've studied scripture. They, they've followed these things roughly all their lives. Now the Messiah standing in front of them. They're, they're coming face-to-face face with the Messiah. Peter himself even confesses that he's the Christ, the Son of God, But his understanding of what the Son of God is going to do was blurred, like men seeing, uh, like seeing men like trees. It's still fuzzy to them. They're they're thinking this, and Jesus over and over again is trying to tell them, You're thinking wrong. Look, for example, uh, Matthew 17. Look at Matthew 17. Now while they were uh, staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and the third day he will rise up. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. Now if they truly believed that he was the Son of God, they truly believed everything Jesus was trying to tell them, would that be something to be sorrow over? Other than the fact he's going to have to suffer... But that ought, to, that ought to usher into, okay, it's really going to happen. Okay, yeah, he's got to go through this horrible event, but look how great it's going to be afterwards. They're thinking physically, and they're thinking, he's got to die? Then where does that leave us? We're no better off than before he came. We're right back where we started from if he's going to die. that can't. We've got to keep that from I believe that became Peter's mission. I've got to keep that from happening. It's my job to protect him. It's my job to stand in front. It's my job to, to even rebuke Jesus when he needs to, to keep him out of harm's way. You know, I, I've, got to, and, and I've got to commend him for that. I mean, I think he was serious about that role. I think that's what uh, he felt like that was his purpose in the group was, I'm going to do this. I, I'm going to be the one to do this. And and I I think he believed it that way. And there's nothing wrong with believing about protecting Jesus, other than he didn't see it clearly. They're following him, but they didn't see it clearly. I don't know that I wouldn't have thought anything different than Peter did. I don't know if I'd had the guts to stand up against the Roman army. But I guess if I'd been like Peter and had to face that oppression over and over again, and it bottled up inside, and now I see Jesus here and thinking. Oh, you've had it now. I want to be on the front line with this. I want to see. I want to see your eyes when we're attacking you. I'm tired of all the oppression. Now he's here. We're going to get our day. We're going to get our vengeance. We're going to get our vindication. We're going to get our pound of flesh. I'm ready for this now. I, I, I believe that's kind of that's exactly how I would think. That's how I think a lot now. You know, I. I you know, we we think sometimes. I think. In bits and pieces of our life, it's still a physical thing to us. It, it, it's about the physical parts of it, the carnal parts of it. We don't look beyond what's right here. And I think that's the same thing uh, that they were doing. In Mark chapter 9, uh, beginning at verse 31, For he taught his disciples and said to him, The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And after he is killed, he will rise the third day. But they did not understand this saying and were afraid to ask him. So they still don't understand. It's not, but notice, they didn't stop following him. They didn't stop listening to him. They didn't stop doing the things that he told them to do. They didn't stop going out teaching about him. But they still don't understand what he's saying. Now, is it difference in reading? Good example of this. VBS. Okay. It probably wasn't till Thursday night that I started grasping some of the things that I'd said all week. <laughs> I mean, that, that's how kind of it was. You know, I'd studied it, I'd watched videos, I read articles, I applied it to scripture. I, I tried to put all these things together when it come to what the world might have looked like before the flood and how that took place. When it started about the different uh, uh, things, even about the dinosaurs. But I, and a lot of things, I started trying to piece some of that together. But there's, there's a difference in, that. that's kind of how I think that Peter was. <laughs> He knew it, he, he, he listened to it, he studied it, he even presented it, but it still wasn't clear in his mind. He knew there was something to it, he just didn't have a full understanding of it. And I tell you, that's how I felt all week at BBS. I'm like, yeah, I know this stuff, there's people with PhDs and a lot of letters more than me and I'm trying to understand what they're saying about it and I'm trying to present it in that way. But Thursday night, it, it really started to click a little bit. Now, do I understand everything about it? Absolutely not. But it did start to fit into where, hey, this is possible, this is... You know, I, I, you look at Peter now on Pentecost, now that Jesus has been resurrected, he's had what? 50 days to start thinking about this. 50 days maybe to think about these verses now. 50 days thinking about everything that took place with Jesus. Things are starting to be, ah, oh, now I see. When he told me this, now I get that. When, when he said this, now I get this. And now he's thinking... Why in the world did I say that to him? Why in the world did I say, no, you're not going to Jerusalem? He should have been mad at me. He should have been upset with me. I, I can see Peter start going through this in his mind now and start thinking, I, I didn't have all the pieces together. I knew what he said, but I just couldn't see because Jesus wasn't resurrected yet. Now he is. Now he saw him. Now he's talked with him. Now he has the opportunity to present this message, and remember, he's got the keys to the kingdom. He's about to tell these individuals, this is how you enter the kingdom. The first thing you need to do is realize you crucified the Messiah. He, he, he presented it into a way now that these things that he's going back and going, uh, talking about with Joel and all these, they're starting to mean something to him. So you think his face looked different? You think his demeanor was different? You think his, his words sounded different? Because they meant something different to him. And because they meant something different to him, it's going to mean something different to the crowd. That's why I believe if we separate the, the miracle aspect of it, we, we separate all the uh, attention that, that had to happen to start with, and we just focus on... Now, Peter and the message, we can say, you know, I can do that. I, 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 I can be like Peter. You know, I, I mean, think about it. Have you ever studied and been reading Scripture, and, and, and you read a certain verse, and then you go back and read it again later on, and then some other later on in your life, you read it, and then all of a sudden you're like, now I get it. Now I see what that verse truly means. I believe the verse before, I taught the verse before, I, you know, I tried to live the verse before, but now I realize it didn't mean what it should have meant to me. You know, that, that's, I think, where we need to get to. We need to get to and realize that these need to mean uh, something to us. Um, so back to us. Back to what we do. Um, How do I get to the point of, or am, am I? You, you can only answer this for yourself. I can answer this for myself. I, I think there was, there's different parts. There's still things that I'm still not convinced on, that I'm still not uh, convinced in my thought process of what it means to be able to present it. There, there's things you won't hear me teach on from the pulpit, because I'm still trying to learn them myself, and I'm, not, I'm sure we're not going to teach them if I, have seen others try to do that. <laughs> I've seen others, you know, get up and start talking about different things, and I'm thinking, you don't know more about it than I do, you know, <laughs> and I don't know hardly anything about it. You quote a lot of scripture and read a lot of things, but I don't think you get anything out of it no more than I do sometimes. But then I hear others that, you know, they present it in a way that uh, I'm thinking, yeah, that, that's one thing I do like about here at Center Grove. I, I, that's why I like our, our Sunday nights. I, I love the fact that John is up preaching on Sunday mornings and I love his lessons. I've had some aha moments in his lessons. And, but on Sunday nights, you hear different people speak and they may be over lessons you've heard over and over again, but from a different perspective, a different angle, a different look. And it causes you to look at it and say, you know, I hadn't thought of it like that. You know, I, I hadn't thought of it in, in, in those terms. You know, uh, that, that's what uh, last Sunday night I was thinking about. I was like, you know, I hadn't really thought about that. When I started thinking about the disciples, so I started reading different things, and I started focusing more in on Peter and how Peter's life progressed, especially up to the day of Pentecost and him presenting that lesson. And I thought that had to be a great moment, not, about, not just those who obeyed, but for Peter. You know, getting to that point, what it took to get him to that point. And I think every single one of us can get to that point. We can be to that point to where we can present Jesus to the world, not as just Jesus, but as our Savior, our resurrected Savior that died for us. That truly means something to us now. That truly makes a difference in our life to where the world can see that. The world's not dumb. They may be in darkness, but they're not dumb. You know, Satan's not dumb. Satan can use scripture and twist it around to try to manipulate it. So he's not dumb. If somebody comes and talks to me about something, and they're trying to convince me about something, I've had uh, salesmen and things trying to do different things coming into work and uh, start talking, and I'll sit down and talk to them for a little bit, and I'll realize they don't they don't think anything about this. Why should I? I can tell by, in their voice. I can tell how they present it. It doesn't mean nothing to them. So uh, it's surely not going to mean nothing to me. If the one trying to convince me is not convinced, I'm not going to be convinced. It's the same way when it comes to the gospel. If I'm not con- truly convinced in the way that I need to be convinced, I'm not talking about, well, I, I follow it. I go church every Sunday. I do. And that's what happens. I think sometimes... Collectively as a church, we, we kind of mess this up a little bit. We're like, well, if somebody wants to know about it, they can come talk to me about it. We're, we're right here, you know, we're right here on the side of the 56. They can stop and talk to us about it. Do they know that means anything to us because they pass our building? They don't know what Jesus means to us because they pass our building, because they see cars in the parking lot. They've got to know it means something to us. They've got to know it's it, it's something different. And again, if it's not, then, you know, I think we're doing ourselves and the world a disservice. Um, Isaiah 55, verse 11. Uh, Sorry, usually I have my scripture down. I didn't this time. So shall my words be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and and it shall prosper in the thing in which I sent it. This verse can can mean a few different things to us if we're not careful. You know, we talk about, well, God's word's not going to return to him void, and we kind of leave it at that. But what we've got to realize is God's word is going to accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish. But it may not come from me, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be accomplished. How many opportunities maybe have we missed? Or how how many opportunities has someone missed truly hearing the gospel because I wasn't truly convinced enough to tell them? Somebody else may, but I had an opportunity to, and I didn't take it. You know, think about it. If we're truly convinced on who Jesus was, what His Word says that He did, you know, as as someone said, you know, Christianity, you know, You've got to have faith to yourself, but you can't keep it to yourself. Because think about it. Think about what it took to get that faith. It it took Jesus dying, suffering and dying. Look at what the apostles went through. Look at what all the Christians throughout the centuries went through. So we can still have this faith today. You don't think that's worth telling someone about? Don't think that's worth sharing it, but sharing it in the right way. So, so I hope that uh, we can look at Peter and, and take away you know, all the attention getters. And I'm not trying to diminish what took place. But you take away that and just focus on Peter and that message, I think you'll see something. You'll see truly that change that took place in Peter, and I hope we can see it in ourselves.